We're recording. We're recording live. Hello and welcome to Recording Live Podcast. I am Dexter and with me as always is... It's me, Matt. It's Matt. Uh, and today is another um, episode of just shooting the shit, I guess. Um, and to start things off, I forgot to say at the beginning of the show last time, you can head over to our website, recordinglivepodcast.com. It's got links to all of our social media and um, I think it's got a link to the archive and where you can download the podcast anyway on any podcast apps. Uh, and there's a link in the top right corner to our merch, um, top right corner of the website, uh, to our merch. And yeah, uh, that's about it, I guess. So if you want us to talk about anything or have a comment about what we talk about, just find us on social media. Leave a comment. We will talk back. Um, other than that, what you been up to, Matt? Not much. Uh, working. Working my days off. Uh, working on your days off? Oh, yeah. I've worked for the past couple of weeks on my days off. Oh, man. Yeah, you said last weekend you were working on Saturday. Yep. I worked last Saturday, and then I worked this Saturday, and I'll probably work next Saturday and probably the next couple after that, to be honest. Fair enough, I guess. It's not uh, fun. Uh, I Last week, I started having some like numbness and some oversensitivity in one of my front teeth. Yeah. And I thought it might just go away. I thought maybe like it was just maybe like since the weather cooled down stuff, like, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it gets cold. You just get like a sensitivity. Yeah, uh, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then I thought maybe I floss too deep by accident. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't go away. So by Monday I said, OK, I've I got to I got to get to the dentist. So I called my dentist, set up an appointment, uh, got off work about an hour early mm-hmm. and Went over there, got x-rays, photos, scans done. They couldn't find a single thing wrong. Huh. And so they said, we're going to set you up with a specialist. Uh, Mm -hmm. Is there a preferred time? I said, I want to get this done as soon as possible. I'll probably just have to take a personal day. Mm -hmm. So they set me up for Wednesday. I called my boss. I warned him ahead of time just in case this could happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I called him and told him bad news. I got to take Wednesday off to go see a specialist. I got there, and I filled out all the paperwork, and they had me sign some stuff. And one of the sheets, I was like, oh, what's this? And they said, oh, that's how much you have to pay today. And it was was $1,200. Man, I think your insurance doesn't cover that. uh, My insurance was involved. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I freaked out pretty bad uh mm-hmm. had to call my bank tell them to lift my purchase limit for the day oh yeah and yep and so then i i said like well what's with all this amount like i we don't even know what's wrong and they said this is this is everything that could that we could that has to go has to happen it oh, was wow. x yeah it was x-rays everything so that that sucked and so I sat down, uh, the dent, the, I don't know what it, the specialist came in, mm-hmm. took a whole bunch of other x-rays and stuff. The reason they sent me there is just because my dentist x-rays and stuff didn't show anything, but they, the reason they sent me to a specialist is because they have much more high tech equipment. Yeah. That makes and, sense. Yep. Yeah, oh yeah. And I saw those x-rays. Holy smokes. Uh, I, my, I saw such detail of my <laughs> skull. It was insane. Oh, weird. Yeah. And, yeah. And they said, oh, there it is. 
and it was a bacterial infection in the tooth. Oh gosh. And yeah. I said, uh, so what is that? Does that does that mean root canal? And he goes, Yep. And he's like, We're gonna give you uh the numbing and then we'll wait ten minutes, come back and give you more. And I was like, Okay. And so, so they did it right yeah. then and there? You didn't have to reschedule? I was out of that place in twenty minutes. Wow. Yeah. That's probably why it cost a lot. Yeah. And <laughs> they uh, and they told me that that would probably be the case. And so they mm. sat me down. Yeah, they gave me the I told them that I kind of have a high tolerance toward mm. pain, pain relief. And I'm not joking. Oh. Like uh, I I didn't talk too much about this last year stuff. I've been in and out of the dentist for 12 months. Like I've had yep. so much work to, had to be done because I didn't take care of myself when I was younger. But I saved all my teeth because of it. So I always tell people, go to the dentist, take care of your teeth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I told him that. So he gave me the injections. That hurt like hell. These are, like, pretty rough needles. And hmm. I had six of them. That was painful. Wow. And then 10 minutes came back. He gave me more. And he said, if you're going to feel anything, we're off to give you another one in a bit. But just fair warning, we inject that one into the bone. Ah. And I was worried. But I didn't feel anything and literally uh, went to work. And then Mm. in no time, they went, "Okay, six more minutes and you're done. And Mm. right out of the chair, I can say right now, fillings were worse than that thing was. That's weird. Yeah. And they told me if I have any issues coming up, just come come right back. Mm -hmm. Uh, One plus uh, one thing was, is I talked to a couple people who have had root canals and they Mm -hmm. all said after the root canal, eventually you have to get a crown. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't told that. I talked to Lee, who has had a couple root canals now. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, yeah, I haven't got them done yet, but I have to. And nobody said anything. But Lee told me for some teeth, I don't think you get them. This is a front tooth. So this isn't like this is a flat tooth or anything. Yeah. So I, I wonder. And it's one of the tiny ones. It's one of my little fronts. And oh, so yeah. I'm kind of wondering if I don't have to, but I have an appointment in August, early August to go back for it's one of my regular checkups. So I'll ask mm-hmm. them if that's something that has to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but chances are, because it's so it's such a small tooth and it's not a flat one, probably yeah. don't need to get a crown because I don't know how they would do that. But, yeah, I don't know how it would work either. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I had to drop that money. And yeah. so now, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much volunteering to work on my days off pretty much. And mm, I'm not mm. scheduled to or anything. Literally I volunteered yesterday afternoon. I called my boss. I called my boss and said, Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll work tomorrow. Just take the guy off who does my area and I'll do it. And even <laughs> so the weird, the sad thing is, is with my job, even though I took a personal day on Wednesday, yeah, I started today with like 40, 48 out, like 45 hours. Oh, man. So, yeah. And today I worked six. So I already hit like 50. So, yeah, it's it's not a it's not a regular job. It's retail. But Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I did that. Uh, What else did I do? I I finally bought the seasons of one of my favorite uh, the sequel seasons to one of my favorite shows. And uh, it came out a couple of years ago and I never bought it. I watched mm-hmm. them. I saw them, but uh, I saw the the show, but I never picked up the the Blu-rays. And I kind of went on a nostalgia trip late last week and was mm-hmm. like, 
let me see if I can find these on Amazon. I never found them in stores. Every time I looked them up on Best mm-hmm. Buy or Barnes and Noble, I couldn't find them, or it would say out of stock. But you can order it, and I never did. Is it Beast and Wars? What was it? Beast Wars? No, no. I oh no, I own Beast Wars. I own. I was Beast joking. Wars. What is it? Uh, it's fully coolie. Oh, that's why you posted the you you on on Instagram. You posted something or somewhere. You posted a fully coolie image. I was like, what? Yes, and then uh, I got, I uh, I I picked up the Blu-ray, and man, I gotta tell you, screw Amazon Prime for the most part because I usually I don't have Prime anymore. I use if I need if I want to watch something that's Amazon exclusive, I'll get Prime for maybe a month, and then I just won't. Yeah. I'll, I'll get rid of it. But I ordered it Friday. Mm-hmm. It said you can get it on Sunday. For Prime, you can get it on Monday for $5 shipping. Uh, you can get it on Wednesday for... No, you can get it on you can get it on Monday for like $9 shipping, uh, Wednesday for $5 shipping, or Friday for free shipping. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't care, free shipping. Yeah. And, and so I ordered it with free shipping, and then I think it was Sunday morning, I got a notification that said, coming early, be here tomorrow. <laughs> yep oh man yep I, kind of, the- I i almost wonder if it'd be like if it's just easier for them to do prime shipping by default anyway i don't know yeah uh, it also mm-hmm. might just depend on where it's located yeah well because there's that be warehouse. wherever it's, it's in stock at a certain amazon warehouse yeah well we got that one in grimes now i kind of I, I wonder what if they would stock that there uh no this came from uh kansas city Oh, well, that's pretty dang close. Yeah. Yes. Usually if it's in Kansas City, it takes about a day to get here. And I know that was the same thing with my new mic filter for the podcast. I ordered Mm -hmm. that same thing. Free shipping was going to take a week. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I got a um, I got a notification that said, oh, it'll be here tomorrow. And I just am like, yep, this is why I really don't use Prime that much because this happens to me. However, Prime has screwed me over in the past where I've ordered an exclusive yeah. Uh, figure, and I didn't use Prime. I just used Standard because mm-hmm. of oh, it'll it just shows up anyway. Yeah. Uh, Amazon cancels a lot of orders, and they prioritize Prime users, even though they say they don't. I know they do. Yeah. I actually talked to a rep that t- admitted to me they do that, hmm. and that's always kind of sketchy. But yeah. for the most part, yeah, I've I. I don't know if something's coming out that I absolutely want. I may just jump the gun and get prime and for a month and then just uh, maybe just watch some stuff. But more times than any, mm-hmm. I don't know what the time frame is, but more times than any, if, if you can even like, I think this year, I think I got prime like three times mm-hmm. and I use the free month code every time. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. 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 I just go on and I look up free codes or I try and find an advertisement deep in the Internet and I just click on it. And it'll mm-hmm. do it. So I've, I've done that a couple of things, but mm-hmm. I did that. Uh, what else? I want. Yeah, I got. Uh, so Fully Cooly is it's an anime from like 2000. Uh, it's a coming of age story. It's very sci fi and everything. Uh, and I saw it when I was younger. I saw like one episode and I didn't understand it whatsoever. But. The thing about the show is it's very complex. Dexter, you came over and I showed it to you once and yeah, yeah. you were super confused by it. So what is, did what did I watch? Was that the whole that was the show? First, the original. Yeah. Wait, what? 
that was the original series. It's a six it's a six episode series. Okay. So then what did you buy? Uh well, uh in twenty eighteen they announced a sequel. Okay. Actually two sequels, two seasons. Uh, uh FLCL, which is its actual name, mm-hmm. uh Progressive and FLCL Alternative. Mm-hmm. And this is eighteen, nineteen years after the original came out. Mm-hmm. And I I can't tell you how excited I was. I was so amazed that they were bringing it back. And I watched it back then. And then I started having some nostalgia. I think it's because I have some of the soundtrack on my phone. I was listening to it and I was just like, Mm -hmm. God, this, this was so good. And so I picked up uh, that and watched it. I think I've watched a couple of times because the thing about the show is it's just really complex and confusing. Yeah. And, it's it's not a first it's not a one watch thing to understand it like it takes time and it takes multiple watchings it takes looking up stuff to figure out what the whole story is but the music is really great and mm-hmm. also it's it's more or less what the show is it's a coming of age story i was 14 when i saw it it's about a boy like a tw- the first season's about a 12 year old boy mm-hmm. and him growing up essentially and even if you don't understand it, there's so much emotion in it that you grow, you have an attachment. And I was at the right age that I got to see it. Tom's also a huge fan of Fully Cooley as well. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've told some people, yeah, if you watch it, just bear in mind, it's, it's really confusing. Like it doesn't just, it doesn't have scenes of people just standing there explaining the plot to you. Like you really yeah. have to pay attention, but you also have to just kind of also understand that you may not get it. And, mm-hmm. I, I loved it. And the sequels, just like that. Like, it's very mm-hmm. much like that. And I like the first one, Progressive, a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's not a direct sequel. I think it's, they say it takes place a generation later. So it's roughly tw- mm-hmm. maybe a more, 20 years at least, but maybe even longer. Mm-hmm. Like, only like two characters from the original show are in it. And so it's a completely different cast. And mm-hmm. then the third one is Alternative. Again, a completely different show. And I remember when I watched it and it concluded, I was not like put off or anything, but I was really thrown off by mm. how different it was. And going back and now rewatching it again, I get it. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, this is pretty great. And I remember I've watched some of the bonus stuff and things like that, but it's, it's one of those shows. I have a friend at one of my, at my job who he's a big anime nerd and mm-hmm. I'm not. I can mm-hmm. name the animes that I've watched on one hand mm-hmm. and I told him about it and he says he would check it out cause he watches anime because it's anime yeah. and just warned him though. Don't watch the Japanese version, watch the English version because like it's better. Like it, it is just better. And everyone says that. So, uh, it's a great show. I really love it. Um, so, uh, what's the difference between the American and the Japanese version? Like, is it just voice dubbed? acting? Okay, so they just it's dubbed into English in a more understandable way. Other no, than just it's reading? just voice acting. It's just the voice oh, acting okay. is very well praised. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's just uh, it's I I can't really explain it, but I can just say that there's more feeling in it. it I. I also watched something last night that uh, I watched the release of Batman The Long Halloween Part 1, DC's new direct-to-video movie that they the animated film they do. And 
uh, I just, I absolutely just hated it. I hated the whole thing from beginning to end. And The Long Halloween is, I can definitively say, my favorite Batman story. I don't know that I'm even familiar with it. Like, I know it exists, but what exactly happens in the comic? Well, it's uh, it's a series that came out in 96, 97, okay. and it's written by uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, who we've spoken of before. Yep. Okay. And it's, uh, it's kind of like year two of Batman. Okay. It's like a sequel to year one, essentially. Right. Okay. Uh, Batman is very new. His rogues gallery's already been established. However, they have not kind of become the main threat of Gotham. It's still the mob. Okay. And, yeah, it's a it's a story about uh, Jim Gordon, who is only a captain in mm-hmm. the police department, uh, n- Batman, and newly elected uh, DA Harvey Dent, and okay. they. Jo- all three join forces join forces to take down the mob run by Carmine the Roman Falcone. Yep. And what happens in it is uh, they're just trying to take him down. However, there is a killer on the loose called Holiday who is killing members of the mob ever uh, on a ho- a certain holiday mm-hmm. per month. So the first one is on Halloween. The second okay. one is Thanksgiving, third is New Year's Day, and mm-hmm. then I believe Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's, and so on. Mm-hmm. And so while also these two stories are intertwining because it's all about Falcone's uh, crime family, mm-hmm. and it's a it's an origin of Two-Face. Yep, and makes sense. It, it's very similar to Jeff Loeb's uh, other book, that's quite famous as well. The one him and Jim Lee did called hush where yep, same, that. very same structure where it's every issue, uh, is surrounding a mystery mm-hmm. with one of Batman's rogues. Yeah. Uh, port- having a center stage in the issue of this is someone he's got to fight. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was a 13 issue series that came out 24 years ago, 25 years ago. Wow. And yeah. I read it like 15 years ago. I picked up the trade for it and mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of Jeff Loeb. I don't like how he writes a lot of time, but I mm-hmm. think he is one of the best Batman writers mm-hmm. because uh, one of the biggest kind of criticisms I have for Jeff Loeb is he does a lot of inner monologuing. Oh, yeah. But that can work for Batman, yep. especially when he's doing detective work. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Yes. And so that's what a lot of the story is. And it's really, really good. Super stylized. It's old, st- like school stylized, but mm-hmm. also modern with Tim Sale's artwork. And uh-huh. yeah, it's main. It's dealing with who is the holiday killer. Okay. And I, I've absolutely loved it. He did a sequel called Dark Victory, which was well received. Not as good as uh, uh, Long Halloween, mm-hmm. but... Uh, it's still very well received, which was kind of, it was a sequel, but then it also was an origin story for Robin. Oh, interesting. Yes. Oh, so it's about his family's dying, dying. Uh, they, it happens in it. And then the, the book is the side story is Bruce Wayne adopting Dick Grayson. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, it's, it's very good. And the reason it's called the long Halloween is because it spans a full year from the first murder on Halloween. And it's mm-hmm. been referred to that year was the long Halloween. 
Right, that makes sense. Yes. So, did, I assume they catch the killer. Is he like? Is it any other known villain, or is it a new villain? Should I say it? I don't care. I I don't know. Spoilers. It's it's Harvey Dent's wife. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah, Harvey Dent's wife Gilda. She causes. Mm. She is the first holiday killer. Um, there are th- two or three actual holiday killers. Hmm. Uh, she causes the first couple months of killings. Okay. Uh, and she did it all because her husband is the DA. She learned all the tricks to um, causing cr- a crime without mm-hmm. being caught. Mm-hmm. And she does this because she wants to spend more time with Harvey. She That's thinks awesome. that if she helps take down the crime family, he'll be there more for her. Yeah. And, Eventually, it's implied that Harvey may have committed one of the crime and one of the murders. Hmm. But then Carmine Falcone's son takes up the mantle of Holiday mm-hmm. uh, for like three quarters of the killings. And oh, wow. Gilda's never found out because mm-hmm. uh, so, he claims to have all of them. But it's yeah, it's it's hmm. not revealed until like the last page of the book. Oh, and, wow. Yes. Interesting. Yes. And yeah, it's really the downfall of Harvey. And there's like most of his rogues, Batman's rogues galleries in it. And it's 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 Mm -hmm. a very good book. And um, I I have been waiting for years and years to get an adaptation of this. I wanted I wanted it to be very, very good with Mm -hmm. everything it did. Uh, I really wanted the art style to be like Tim Sale's. Uh-huh. And they announced that they were going to do it, and it was going to be two parts. And I was excited to be two parts because it yeah. is a thirteen-issue story. There's a lot of content. Yeah, it's a long book. comic, yeah. And it, I saw the first trailer, and I wasn't, I wasn't impressed by the art style. I wasn't, yeah, not impressed by the animation. It, it looks bad even in the movie. It doesn't look very good to me. Yeah, just um, that screenshot you sent me was just like, oh, that looks weird. <laughs> Character designs are so bad, and yeah, mm. it. And this is not the first Jeff Loeb uh, adaptation. They did a Hush one a year or two ago. Yeah, and I hated it. Yeah, they deviated from the source material so much in that, and they got rid of the Hush. Who was the actual? That one's also a mystery of who is Hush, and wow. mm. uh, they 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 changed the killer. They changed huh. who it was. And that's weird. Yes. And I saw part one. Mm-hmm. It deviates so much from the source material and it changes the killer for the most yeah. part. That's it, it, weird. The, the movie ends with Falcone's son getting killed by Holiday and falling off a boat and getting shredded by uh, boat repel- uh, propellers. Huh. And I'm just like, okay, I imagine it's still Gilda. But yeah, what are you going to do about like the like it's it's not complex. And I really don't like the idea. There's lines in the movie about how Batman doesn't think he's a good detective and stuff like that. And I'm just like, this sucks. This sucks so much. Oh, that's weird. I don't like that. No, I don't like it at all. I'm so ticked off. And I remember when Hush came out. Yeah. The. Uh, Warner Brothers' response to deviating from the material was everyone already knows who the killer is, who who hushes, so we changed it. 
And it's like, that's yeah. not the point. <laughs> you're adapting a, a critically acclaimed book. Yeah. And you're just doing that. That's stupid. Yeah. Like, that made me so mad because Hush is Bruce Wayne's childhood best friend who resented him growing up. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a and, very specific person. Yes. However, the mastermind behind Hush was actually the Riddler. Yeah, okay. It works. It works really well. The whole story yeah, yeah, yeah. is the fact that the Riddler's dying of cancer. He uses one of Ra's al Ghul's uh, Lazarus pits, and he goes insane. But then he also he also regains his sanity and figures out who Batman is. So the whole story is oh. about the Riddler being the mastermind behind everything to mess with Bruce Wayne. And that's what the comic is? That's what the comic is. In the movie, right. he's just hush. Okay. That's the thing, I guess, I never actually fully read Hush, and I knew the gist of it, and I always felt like it seemed like a Riddler thing to do. Yes, and Uh, once it figures out, you can go back and see it, because one thing about Jeff Loeb is, uh, he puts the, um, he he does leave clues all over that you can't figure out first reading, but by the second reading, you see all the clues, and that's... That's a good mystery. Yes, and that's how I've always perceived um mysteries yeah and so i i think i have high expectations of mysteries uh but i always like the idea of there's clues scattered out you don't see it the first time but if you redo it again the clues are all there and you can figure it out i like that kind of stuff movies don't do that books don't do that i very much was expecting that out of like say the robert downey jr sherlock holmes movies where you could probably rewatch them and figure it out. No, it's not there. Sometimes it could be like, there's little hints and stuff, but you can't figure it out. Like, right yeah. And I've always been someone who always has enjoyed putting hidden things throughout film. So you could figure it out. I don't like the, the stuff that concludes with mm-hmm. here's the reason. And there are no hints. And so I'm, I'm kind of, uh, yeah. I'm kind of picky on mysteries for the most part. I like them. I like clues. I like being able to figure it out. My, uh, uh, throughout even if you're wrong mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah so yeah they they're they're just dv uh anyway back to long halloween they've just yeah. deviated so much from the source material that it i've never been this mad at an adaptation since like world war z because it just doesn't <laughs> feel like it doesn't feel like like something that's justified and i'm really mad that like the huh. i I'm in the minority, though, because I looked this up. This thing has like a currently like 100 percent approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, oh, wow. granted, animated films like the DC director videos, those mm-hmm. all those reviews are literally like comic book sites and nerds reviewing them. It's not like legitimate. Uh, sorry to say so, but not like legitimate reviews. Oh, most yeah. of the films are so highly regarded, but it's mostly coming from nerd sites reviewing them. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Like, it, so it's a very it's, skewed, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the yeah, it's it's really good. Jeff Loeb has a very interesting way of writing Batman's Rogue Gallery. Mm. Um, yeah, I, his Joker's really good, and mm-hmm. uh, Poison Ivy's really good. He he plays on the actual like features and abilities of the Rogues Gallery. Mm-hmm. Like the Joker is always using like joker gas and stuff like that nice uh, 
It's really cool. Like his version of the penguin is always mm-hmm. all a lot of his con his dialogue is just wah 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 wah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, uh, so he goes the, classic. Yeah, the Riddler. He loves the Riddler. The Riddler does a lot. Like says a lot of riddles. And yeah. um, what else? Oh, Solomon Grundy's really good. Oh, because, that would be good. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. He, There's not enough Solomon Grundy in Batman. Well, Solomon Grundy in Jeff Loeb's Batman universe, he just lives in the sewers, but yeah. he doesn't like have he just wants to be left alone. But he does the Solomon. Gr- all The only dialogue he ever says is the Solomon Grundy. Uh, yeah. Pulp. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, isn't that how that character is or does he talk? Uh, it depends on okay. on who it is, on what they say. But I know like uh, uh, what is it? It's uh yeah like his only dialogue throughout it is he always just says Solomon Grundy born on a Monday mm-hmm. and then later on other people start saying his other things died on a Saturday buried on a Sunday stuff like that mm-hmm. and um that's really good like I really like that kind of stuff and Catwoman is a very pivotal role throughout the comic and she's important in this too I don't like that they redesigned her she kind of ha- looks like uh, Catwoman from the original animated series from the 90s oh interesting mm-hmm. in the comic she's wearing uh, her uh, purple costume with her hair visible okay yeah and so yeah it, I don't know it's I I just was so mad that they changed so much stuff. Harvey Dent, uh, he's played by Josh Dumal, which is pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. But his Harvey Dent's really good because you actually see Harvey Dent's like descent into madness in these stories. Yeah, that's think, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for someone who's very critical and does not really like Jeff Loeb's writing in Marvel yeah. or other things, mm-hmm. he is a wonderful Batman writer. Like I do think he's probably one of the best Batman writers. I've mm-hmm. ever had I've ever I've ever read yeah well and I feel like I mean the those two stories at least that you've mentioned the long Halloween and hush are like two of the top Batman stories which they are, I are like I, I've not read a ton of Batman but those are the two that I know about <laughs> yeah and yeah they, I mean yeah they are they're regarded as some of the best and mm-hmm. they're up there with like year one and dark victory mm-hmm. and uh, no dark Knight returns and stuff although yeah. I'll be honest. I hate the Dark Knight Returns. I, if there's one writer uh, uh, more than Jeff Loeb that I don't like, it's Frank Miller. I really don't like Frank Miller as a writer or an artist. Yeah, I remember getting the Dark Knight Returns and being really excited about reading it just because it's you know it seems to be a classic. Yeah. And I remember just reading it, just like this is popular. Yeah. <laughs> like same. it's and fine. And also saying this is good art. Well, then there's that problem, yeah. I don't think Frank Miller's a good artist. Lee absolutely loves him. I don't like him. And I remember they, the Dark Knight Strikes Again was like critically panned and hated. Mm-hmm. And then only a few years ago, they did Dark Knight 3. Mm-hmm. And Frank Miller, he's he was, he's been battling cancer for years. He couldn't draw it. He did little mm-hmm. bonus it, uh, stories in the back that he drew. Mm-hmm. But it was all... Uh, he... Uh, uh, he did uh, John Romita Jr. did the artwork for Dark Knight three. Mm. And okay. I'm going to say it also. I don't like John Romita Jr. as an artist either. I don't like his art style. Yeah, I didn't think you did. <laughs> I, think we I never it. I've never liked it. I never liked it. He's popular. People absolutely love him. I'm yeah. not. A fan of it. 
It doesn't look like I his like art I style is in... really different from his dad's. Yeah. But he has, and he does. He has his own distinct style, but I think it's just ugly. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm trying. I can't even think of what. I, I I know I run into his name a lot, and I'm always surprised. Oh yeah, he, that's not great. I'm not a fan. People love it. Uh, yeah. He was also the artist on. Um, uh, I mean, it's kind of classic Kick-Ass. looking, I suppose. Kickass, yeah. Like yeah, John Romita Jr.'s style, it's. I mean, it's kind of what you expect from comics, I guess. Like the more modern style, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then John Romita, I guess his dad, uh, looks more than classic, like the older style. Yeah, and he, it it seems like that's what he's always attempted to emulate is a classic style to it. Yeah, and but, I mean, and I, I guess I'd say he has like a modern classic style, like uh, kind of in the same vein as Jim Lee. I would say Jim Lee is a much better artist, but yeah, like, I would he's a nice guy. I've, I've seen a lot of interviews with him, but yeah, his art style it's it is not not a great Spider Man in my opinion. I'm looking at his mm-hmm. Superman. His uh, Spider Man is hit and miss, maybe. His Batman, I don't like at all. Yeah. What I'm seeing with Spider-Man from him, I guess, I, I don't mind it, but there's there's better Spider-Man artists, I suppose, yeah. Oh, very much. There's this one Punisher that's popping up. For, uh, Punisher Warzone, did he do that? I believe so. Oh, oh man, that cover is horrible. Is Punisher one of them screaming? Warzone number one, it's just like the Punisher. Yes. I mean, sure, if you think he's screaming it looks to me like he's just kind of like relaxed has his mouth open and his head is super <laughs> tiny and yeah it just looks weird look at all those know. bullets coming out of that uzi oh that like is an uzi bullets, <laughs> uh, 10 so bullets every time you shoot the trigger pull the trigger he's, he's got a laser on it that's awesome you know okay yeah. anyway uh yeah <laughs> Uh, uh, I think better classical, uh, classic-looking artists are like Tim Tim Sale and stuff like that. And while the character designs in the movie aren't very good, I'll agree if people aren't fond of like his Joker because the Joker's jaw is twice the size of his head. Oh, that, yeah. But I like it. I like the stylized of it. Um, yeah, that's a very Poison classic. He looks Joker. really great in it. Uh, Two Face looks amazing, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another carrot villain in them in it. I think I don't know if he was introduced in Long Halloween. Let me check. No, he was introduced in the 50s. It's uh, the Calendar Man. He actually oh, is. Mm-hmm. He actually assists here and there with trying to uh, in Arkham. What is the Calendar out. Man's shtick? Because I never understood that. He's I, not a murderer. I, he just commits crimes on holidays. Okay, because uh, I only ever I'm only I only know who he is because I uh, he's in um, Arkham City. Oh yes, game. like and he's barely in it, and I was just yes. like, who is this guy? Yeah, and in Long Halloween, he's playing the Hannibal Lecter role. He's in a glass cell, and they show yeah. up to ask him for uh, clues and stuff like that because he's he's already figured out who um, Holiday is because they ask him who is Holiday. And he's just like, you've got a couple holidays coming up. She's going to strike again. What do you mean by she? She's going to do it because it makes him happy. He does that kind of stuff where mm. he gets all big things. And Yeah, that's like, how it was in uh, Arkham City in yep. the game. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's just like way more creepier than apparently he's, he is. Yeah, he's super creepy. I think he was supposed to appear in... Did he actually appear? Uh, he was supposed to be in Gotham, but they never did it. 
And mm. apparently he was in Harley Quinn, but I don't remember seeing him in Harley Quinn. He may have been a gag. Yeah, he seems to be just kind of a gag anyway. Yeah, he's used very well by Loeb. That's good. Yeah, like, but yeah, Long Halloween, the show, uh, or the movie, I'll watch part two because I have a problem, but <laughs> uh, I can't recommend it. I don't know. A lot of the Batman animated movies that they do, mm-hmm. I, I personally am not a big fan of. I liked year one. Um, I did not like Hush. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think what all ones have they done? I oh Gotham Knight that's like set in the Dark Knight universe it's like animes um, interesting Under the Red Hood that one was a decent adaptation Bad I never Boys. saw that one I liked that comic so much and I just and that's one of the few Batman's I've actually read and mm-hmm. I liked it so much I was just like I don't think I can watch the movie I'm afraid it's gonna suck it was the if, first time John DiMaggio did the Joker and he's a terrible Joker in my opinion mm-hmm. he did uh. He's Bender from Futurama. Yes, thank you. I think I recognize the name and I can't point place who it is. Yeah, he that's an interesting choice for Joker, I guess. I, he, I mean I can see it. why they would get him to do it, but he's done it quite a few times. Uh yeah. I I have year one. That's a Frank mm-hmm. Miller story that they adapted. That's actually pretty good. I think it's better than mm-hmm. the uh the comic, which I believe I do own. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Brian Cranston plays Commissioner oh, Gordon, and I've always been a big supporter of Brian Cranston being like Commissioner Gordon. And he should yeah. be Gordon in the movies. I think he'd be perfect. He look like you like his appearance looks is like him. Sounds Breaking like him. Bad. He looks like yeah. Jim Gordon. Also, uh, I forgot to say this at the beginning of the podcast. I'm going to apologize right now. It is June, and I live yeah. by people who are just constantly shooting off fireworks. Oh, can't hear them. Okay, uh, well, one just if, they, if they've been going off, I can't hear them. Okay, because that that is a thing. Uh, people aren't following the yeah. the fireworks ordinance, and I live around a bunch of people who are just constantly firing them off, and they wake me up. So I just want to uh, say, that if that sucks. if that shows up in the audio or anything, that's what it is, folks. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I can't stand that. That happens in my neighborhood all the time. Yeah. Uh, and I I don't know. That pisses me off. It does me too. <laughs> Um, and I'm looking. But, at, I mean, yeah. What? I'm looking at the other Batman movies. No. Uh, Assault on Arkham. I believe that's yeah, that's in the same universe as Batman Arkham games. I never saw that one. Mm. Uh, Batman vs Robin. I never saw it. Batman Bad Blood. I never saw. Oh, the Killing Joke. I actually do like the Killing Joke, even though uh, you it's, like it. Yeah, I actually liked the Killing Joke movie. Oh, I didn't, for some reason, I thought we remember I, we talked about it, and you didn't. No, I was okay with it. Um, people, re- it was very criticized because most people didn't like it. Yeah, it brought back Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill doing the voicing for animation. Oh, okay. And that's that's literally it. I really wish they would just have Mark Hamill do the Joker in animation because mm-hmm. yeah, John DiMaggio is pretty bad. The voice in this, in Long Halloween, is Troy Baker. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, that's Joel from uh, Last of Us. Oh. It's not very good. No. Um, Batman and Harley Quinn. I never saw that, but <laughs> I've seen clips of it. <laughs> I've seen clips of that one. 
Yeah, is it, does it look good? There's like a sex scene with uh, Nightwing and Harley Quinn. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. She straps him to a bed, like she captures him, and then she's like monologuing and stuff, and she's getting naked, and she sees him getting aroused and just jumps on top of him. Oh, I think I yeah okay. yeah there yeah that. that was a that was kind of a thing and um, that's such a weird thing for D- DC to just throw into movies like that. Yeah, they're making them just adult like, and it's kind of yeah, like, yeah just because uh, do they 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 did that with uh, the Killing Joke too, didn't they? With yeah, they hooked Batgirl? up uh, Batgirl and Batman, and mm-hmm. I personally don't have problems with that. People were really upset by it. I know some people who were upset well, by it, and my response is, what is the age difference? I guess. Uh, it depends on the continuity. Yeah, I guess you got uh, that. See, I don't have problems with this, mainly because Batman and Batgirl were an item mm-hmm. in the animated series. Yeah. Later yeah. on, when they made mm-hmm. when they rebooted it with the new designs and called it the New Adventures of Batman and Robin, right? Uh, they made them a couple, mm-hmm. and it was only like so slightly touched on. But when Batman Beyond came out, they fully admitted to it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I've I've never had a problem with that kind of. I think of it just stuff. like it just seems kind of weird if you're not familiar with that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and again, like, that's yeah. the Killing Joke is by uh, Bruce Tim, so the guy who created the animated series. So I'm like, oh, yeah, he's just go. he's just pulling from his other ideas. Although Batgirl is like obsessively stalkerish in it. Yeah. Like the weird thing is the first it's two movies. The Killing Joke is mm-hmm. legitimately two story arcs. The first 40 minutes is just a story about Barbara Gordon being obsessed with Batman and becoming Batgirl. And then the last yeah. like 40 minutes is actually an adaptation of The Killing Joke. The Killing Joke's not a long story. It's a short comic, yeah. It's very I, it's something that Alan Moore absolutely hates. Uh but he hates all mm-hmm. his work. But yeah. I I think the animation's really good in it and uh if people don't want to watch the first 40 minutes, fine. You don't have to, you know, get to the part where it turns into the killing joke. Fine. But yeah. it, it's a fairly good adaptation from when the killing joke starts. Yeah. And cool. I know Mark Hamill was pushing for an animated adaptation of that. Yeah. That and that, that shows it, even though it's 40 minutes, it's faithful. And I really would like to see something faithful with, you know, Hush or the Long Halloween or something, but I'm at a point right now where I just don't care about DC adapting like stories anymore. <laughs> because yeah. they just don't do it well. They just really don't. They started off. Oops, excuse me. They started off really well. Like one of the first adventure, one of the first stories was, uh, well, they did Batman Doomsday, which was pretty badly adapted it was their oh. first uh, it was their first one from like 15 years ago i uh-huh. don't hate it but i understand people didn't like it being adapted uh the adaptation it did uh and they did a second go like a year or two ago when they did death of superman mm. uh, that's a good adaptation that one right mm. there but then they did uh oh they did batman superman and they did public enemies and then they did the supergirl uh story arcs and those are both mm. really good adaptations yeah so but yeah uh the past couple not my thing not something i've enjoyed so yeah i've kind of this is this is one of these things where i like the dc animated films you know they've always been on top with uh television and animated stuff and Mm -hmm. they've just flopped with live action film yeah 
they, they've done good with those two uh, first departments. But now I'm just kind of looking at them and going, uh, you guys have made me lose faith in you doing faithful stuff anymore. I don't yeah. care that it's a mystery. Don't change the characters and the murderer in it because everybody knows who it is. That's not the point. Yeah. Like the point is bringing that, that story to life. Well, and the thing is, is like, if they have an issue with, yeah, like, you know, keeping it as a mystery, then I feel like it should be more of a sequel maybe, or like, don't, don't say it's that story. Say it's a different story with the same cast or, you know, yeah, do something else. But if you're making an adaptation, make an adaptation, who cares if you've done it? You're, you're wanting to bring that story to life. You don't have to change it, but yeah, they flat out have said, Mm. oh, well, we changed Hush because everyone knew who it was. So yeah, that's, people are going I mean, for the story, not not a mystery of a whodunit. That's yeah. what the comic is for. If you want to, if, if you want that, go read the comic then and see whodunit. Like, well, read or it. if you've not read the comic, then you don't know for the movie, and then after the movie, you can read the comic with the same mentality. Yeah, but yeah, that's too bad. And I think also in Hush, the animated, like the Riddler also takes like Bane serum and stuff like that. That's weird. It's dumb. I know. Mm. uh uh, I can say this much is that I do recommend the book on Long Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if anyone reads it and they start seeing similarities with the Dark Knight film, that's intentional. Like the Dark Knight mm. with Heath Ledger and Christian Bale, that's a more oh. favorite, that's that's a decent adaptation. Like they actually did huh. uh, adapt certain things from Long Halloween. Like it's heavily. That makes uh, sense. Yes. Well, I mean, it's, if it's an origin of Two-Face, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's very big inspiration for that movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, because uh, was Falcone in that one? or is, No, he was in the... He was Dark... in Batman Begins. He's in yes. Arkham and Begins. Uh, but Sal Moroni is the crime boss in The Dark Knight. He's one of the main crime bosses, and he is, a, he is an important character in The Long Halloween. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. Um, speaking of when you're talking about like good detective stories and stuff, it reminded me, uh, just today I was talking to my wife about, uh, Knives Out, the movie Knives Out. I was thinking about and, Knives Out when I was just talking about, uh, how much I like mysteries and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, and it reminded me that I, I saw something about how they were starting filming of Knives Out 2 soon. Uh, yes, apparently it's this month. They, they should have started already. They should uh, have. I think they were doing two of them, but I don't think they're back to back. Okay, but uh, I didn't realize, I mean, it, which makes sense that if they're filming now that they have probably released the cast. Uh, and so I didn't know this. I just I was Googling it while you were talking. Uh, so Daniel me. Craig is returning as the detective uh, uh, Beno Blanc. The Blanc, yes. Uh, and it's going to have Dave Batista, Edward Norton, uh, Janelle Monet. I don't know who that is. Uh, I guess those are the, those are the only names. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, Dave Batista and Edward Norton. I'm pretty excited about that. I guess joining, uh, uh, crap, Daniel Craig, um, Janelle Monet. I don't recognize her picture. I'm going to have to Google who she is. Anyway, that's exciting to me, I guess, just to see who those people are in. I and I, the funny thing about that, like uh, I was talking to my wife then about that first movie and like what made it good, mm-hmm. uh, or at least like what 
and what concerns me about there being a sequel, because clearly there's not going to be a sequel about that family, which is no, which is they're be. following the detective. But I feel like what I liked about that movie was that it's the movie didn't follow the detective. Like it wasn't about him solving the case. It was just about like the case and the people involved. Yes. That's and what so I liked about it. It's I'm really worried completely. that the, the sequel is going to focus you know on everything him. that who, who done it. Yeah. But it, it makes me really worried that the sequel or in having m- multiple sequels that they're going to start delving into like the life of uh detective blanc um probably which i guess is fine like if we're going to have multiple movies with him we need to probably know more about him Uh, but for some reason i liked not knowing a ton about him and just knowing that he's a famous detective because then we only ever know enough about him or we only know the same amount of information about him as a detective that the rest of the people within the movie know i have faith that not uh ryan johnson will keep it that way yeah, and I hope so. Um, I think so. I, I think because uh, Daniel Craig, he's he's not the main character of Knives Out. No, he's not, and that's and I liked that. Yeah. Yeah, he's not the main character of it. Uh, he's through most of the movie. He's he's the wallpaper in the room. Yep. He's he's the thing that he's but there. He, but he's still a very interesting character. Yes, he is. I think that I have faith that Ryan Johnson will keep that that kind of same thing janelle monet she is uh she is a singer and she was just uh in a big movie last year that completely tanked and um uh was you know a mixed lady in the tramp and uh, antebellum i don't even know what that is yeah because it came out during covid no one saw it oh is it oh it's a it's a thriller yep i don't even know what is it let's get out Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Get Out. That's funny. What it is, you know, I I never saw it, but I watched plenty of reviews and I looked it up. It's it's just the movie Get Out, essentially. Okay. Well, yeah, she looks like she's a bit of an up and coming actress, I guess. Uh, she's been at, d- doing at least voice acting since 2014, uh, Rio, starting with Rio 2. Um, oh, she's been acting in television since 2009. Oh, she's, yeah, she's 35. Oh, wait, Stargate Universe she, as herself. What does that even mean? I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. Stargate Universe, that's exactly what you think it is. It's Stargate. Uh, oh, SGU. Stargate SGU. I remember that. Um, I didn't watch it, though. Huh. How does she play herself? Cameo. In a sci-fi movie or show? Eh, anyway. Oh, American Dad, Saturday Night Live. She probably performed. Um, hmm. In the Ed Norton episode. So she probably had a couple acting roles in that, too. Ed Norton's interesting. Hopefully he doesn't let it... Hopefully he doesn't become a monster like he did in Hulk and uh, ruin the production. Oh, is that what was the problem with that movie? Yep. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Ed Norton had nothing to do but act in it, but he wanted to... uh, he, He felt like he had a bigger presence and should dictate things. And yeah, I that's read a why they recast him with Mark Ruffalo. Oh, I read an interview with him saying that he didn't want to do that anymore, or that he quit. That's fine. Oh, he was going. He was given. Yeah, I'm probably saying that now. But when that movie came out, he was given off all these things, saying that he wanted to be less. Fo- he wanted sequels to be less focused on the Hulk and more focused on Bruce Banner and stuff. Of and, course. 
he wanted to uh, be a producer so he could have control and stuff like that. And Disney and everyone was like, nah, goodbye, Mark. We're going to or goodbye, Ed- Edward. We're going to. Yeah. Else like uh, Ed Norton's kind of a hit and miss. Like he he can kind of get into be a control freak when he's just uh, brought in to be a performing monkey. That's interesting. He's a really good actor though. I usually he's like really the good. stuff he's in. But yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah he he did not get along with um, he didn't get along with Kevin Feige and the filmmakers of uh, Incredible Hulk. Sadly, because uh, yeah, well, I I mean the thing is is Ed Norton as Bruce Banner he looks like Bruce Banner more than Mark Ruffalo does. Oh yeah. I always thought Mark Ruffalo was a weird choice, but Yes, as did I, I and I still do after 9 years. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I'm used to it now, I guess, but he's he looks he does not look like Bruce Banner remotely. He has a round face whereas Bruce Banner is always portrayed of having a skinny face which Ned Norton has. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, like Ed Norton would play a really good live action version of Peter B. Parker in a live yeah. action Spider Verse. Yes, I get that. Yeah, I, like he, he's he he has a very distinct look where he could play a skinny looking guy. Well, it's basically just looks, uh, yeah. he just needs to look the way he looked in um in Fight Club. That's right, Peter B. Yeah. Parker, right there. <laughs> I don't anyone thinking I don't like Ed Norton. I really do, but yeah, he yeah. gets kind of control freaky. I didn't know that about him. I did uh, to to see that there's information that they're filming now, uh, which means we'll probably be getting it in the next year or so. Um, but that's exciting. Um, What's that? Uh, oh, okay. thought, yeah, Knives yeah. Out Two. Yeah, Netflix. Which, it'd be funny Netflix. if it's called Knives Out Two. That wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> it's better than having a subtitle. Just like knives out that that title is very specific to that story. Uh, it could be weapons related. That might be the motif of the story. Oh yeah. Yes. I mean, I, yeah. The the phrase knives out was never really said in the the movie, but just the fact that there was that wall of oh, knives. Oh no, it's the book. It's one of the, it, it's one of his big books. That his name is okay. I couldn't remember that. So yeah. it just and since it was very specific to that story, uh, for the well, sequel to be called Knives Out, I don't know. Unless it's like it, about you fans just, or something. Uh, there could just be a line that says they went full out. They went full knives out. Like the murder weapons were knives. Yeah, I suppose. That's how you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just I'm excited. Thought I'd bring it it's, up. It's better than calling it the LeBlanc Chronicles. Yeah, I, yeah, I, and I agree with that. In the yes, okay, sorry. Now that I actually think through what you said, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I I've talked mostly about what I've been doing, but I I can at least say that um. There was an announcement this week that happened. What? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Where's it at? Uh. Um, where's that? Oh, come on. Sorry, I'm just combing through news right now. Uh, oh, the next Transformers movie was announced. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. I yep. meant to ask you. Uh, yep. Do you know much about Rise it? Rise of the Beasts. Oh, yeah. That's exciting. It's uh. It's a sequel to Bumblebee, taking yeah. place in 1994. Okay. 
there'll be many factions in it. Autobots, Decepticons, Maximals, and Predacons, as well as the faction known as Terracons. Is that from anything? Yeah, Terracons have been around for since okay. the eighties. Uh, but this is a set. They, they were Deceptic. They were a Decepticon team. But uh, so far, they've announced. Uh, they announced Optimus and Bumblebee. Optimus, I believe, is so far allegedly the main character. Mm, Bumblebee's in it. Uh, the character RC is in it. A character known as Nightbird, who was in the original cartoon. Mm. Uh, the character of Scourge, who apparently is the leader of the Terracons. Mm-hmm. Um, he steals the factions off dead robots and slaps them on his own body. Mm. Uh, they said that he's going to be a combination of the gen- the original cartoon Scourge and the cartoon version that came in robots in disguise in 2001 which was a black optimus prime interesting so yep and then uh, uh maximals are so far as optimus primal rhinox air razor so we're gonna have two optimuses yeah we're gonna have optimus prime and optimus primal how does that work time travel probably nice yep and uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they the director is Stephen Campbell Jr., who okay. I believe his most well-known recent film is Creed 2. Oh, interesting. I yes. assume Sylvester Stallone made Creed. Uh, no, Sylvester Stallone didn't make... Uh, he hasn't directed the Creed movies. He's brought someone else in. He's helped out with the... He's written like the stories of them, though. Okay. Hm. Uh, but, yeah. That's cool. So, it's uh they announced a, a large chunk of the cast, mm-hmm. uh, some of the cast. It's very diverse cast, and uh, but yeah, the details are the plot details aren't out yet or anything like that. Uh, mm-hmm. but it's coming out next year. That's real soon. It's very soon, and I'm a little concerned considering that they said it's coming out next year, and the producers have come out and said that it's going to have a box office budget, and. I'm like, oh, don't do that. Was that bad? I don't know how movies are going to be in another 12 months. Right. So I don't I I would rather see it something like the Bumblebee movie, which had a smaller budget, even a big movie. I think it was like 90 million they made it for. Okay. Uh, It was still a lot of money, but for a box office film, it wasn't like Bumblebee. Like the movies have depreciated so much over the years where Bumblebee was the first one since the first movie not to make a billion dollars or maybe the one before that didn't, but they started going down because they just got, Oh man, Bumblebee was such a good movie though. Yeah. It made like 400 million or something like that. So it was profitable, but, and it's the most critically acclaimed one. It has like a 94% on rotten tomatoes. Whereas the others are like, yeah, it was so much better than any of the other transformers movies. Honestly, smaller. It was like, smaller, more personal, and yeah, in my opinion, even during COVID, mm-hmm. even during COVID times, keep it that way. Oh yeah. But they're going. We're gonna make it a big box office thing, and it's like eh. we don't know what's gonna happen in another year. Or so, uh, and I can say right now that this is a movie. Unless anyone wants to go see it, I, I probably won't go see it in theaters. But uh, no? no, probably not. I don't care about movie theaters anymore. I'm fine. Oh man. Right now, that's the main thing I want to do is just go to a movie theater. 
I, I, yeah, movie theater. I've, I've grown out of it so much that I'm like, like, I never have good experiences at the theaters. You've never really liked the theater, though. I, I liked them. I used to go to movies when I was a kid. Every, I used to go well, to an, as an like, adult, I guess. Yeah. Uh, as a, because I just have bad experiences at them. Yeah, I yeah. I just, understand. I feel like I'm not you... as critical as like, say, Red Letter Media is, but, um. <laughs> I just can't stand people on their phones in movies. Yep. I can't stand people talking in movies. Uh, I just want to be in the zone and watch it. Uh, even when I go saw, like, uh, the last movie I saw was Rise of Skywalker in theaters. And, of course, in a, a 10 a.m. showing, there's a dude sitting right next to me. <laughs> and it's like, seriously? I never have good times. I think when I saw another Star Wars movie... We had to do reserve seating, and there was someone in my seat. I remember that it was and an old I, man and, a, and like a little kid. And it was, just like, and I was a family, and I said, yeah. "That's my seat." And the old and like the dad came over and said, "Oh, they really want to sit together. Uh, how about you just sit over there in our seat we already had?" And I I looked and said, "I paid for the seat." Yeah. And he goes, all right. So they had to move and stuff like that. And it's like, no, don't even think about making me feel guilty. I paid for this seat. There's a reason for reserve seating. It's yeah. not that difficult. Wait, was that the one that I was with you at? No, like... that was with my parents. We couldn't even sit together. Oh, okay. Yeah, I feel like I thought you were with me. Maybe it was. Oh, it dude, it's happened every time. Every okay. single time I go to the theater, I have to go and look at someone and point and go, that's my seat. Yeah. And then someone always goes, oh, well, we really wanted to sit together. It's like, oh, really? Then maybe you should have made your res- maybe you should have planned better. Yeah. Well, I remember one time I, I was with you and that happened and it was just like and I don't think they really fought us, but it was just like we had seats like right in the center. Like, yep. And we had to like, tell them these are our seats. And then yeah. they but they but chose not moving. To, uh, it was probably a Marvel. Yeah. But it's like, like Marvel. And I think they well, no, I think what those people is they just chose the wrong row. Oh, okay. I think they were supposed to be a row behind us. Or uh, that's fair enough. I get that mistake, I guess. But yeah, but yeah, I've gotten people all the time. Like I remember one time I went and saw a movie, and I uh, I was sitting in my seat, and then this whole family's like, "Hey, we really w- can you move down a few so we can with all together?" And I just I refused. <laughs> I was like, "No, I chose this seat." And then the, there were two seats next to me, and I'm like, "I have friends coming." Oh, okay. And then, oh, man, they were like, well, so you excited for the movie? Yeah, I am. Oh, would you like some of our candy and stuff? No. And then and then they <laughs> kept asking, when are your friends coming? I don't know. I'm not sure. And then about 20 minutes in, they stopped being friendly. Yeah. Yeah. I finally just got up and rushed out once the movie was done. And it sucked that the movie was terrible. Oh, uh, what movie? Star Trek Into Darkness. You didn't? Oh, Into Darkness. Yeah. I- that film yeah that they could have done better at that oh well Well, an hour and some later what have you been up to dexter (laughs) um not a whole lot just working um my my wife's getting her master's so i guess that means she's doing homework and then i'm working on cleaning the house and stuff so not a lot's going on other than i got i started listening to the book Oh, no, wait, we went to a cabin. Was that last weekend? Yes. No, the last weekend was Father's Day weekend. It was the weekend the before. The weekend before was podcast. Oh. Oh. Last... No, no, no. It was uh, it was right after we podcast. So we recorded the podcast, and then the next day uh, we went to the cabin. Uh, I took off like half a week of work. Um, oh, okay. 
so that was that was fun i guess like so a cabin it, where we went it's basically a hotel room in the middle of the forest with a pond right out front um and i don't know that was fun it was nice for the kids especially because then like we roasted marshmallows at night and then for lunch we roasted hot dogs uh the people who had the cabin next to us were talkative and we we're i don't know like we chatted with them one of the days and they kept trying to get everyone to go have like a communal fire because there, there were like four cabins there oh, and uh we were just like no we have kids you need to go to bed good night <laughs> and and so we didn't do that so that was nice um but yeah i don't know we just went hiking a couple times roasted marshmallows um it was fun uh it was it was nice i can't imagine my kids would have done well with uh with a tent but it's a three and a six year old so i can't how to adapt gotta show them now i'll probably do it when they're older but not yeah i don't know but um personally against that kind of camping because it's not camping yeah oh no it's not camping and i i i think i say camping because it's just easier to say camping but no we were not camping we were in a cabin uh it was yeah no it's not remotely camping there's a shower there's there's air conditioning it's great um the only thing is there's no tv or wi-fi which i mean that's kind of the point i suppose that's it, like we went to have family time and that's what that's what we got um but yeah i don't know it was fun not a, really a whole lot happened um but other than that i started listening to i've been listening to a lot of audiobooks lately um because i was listening to the uh expanse series i got i think i'm halfway through it um and that's that's a really good book series uh and the guy who reads that does a fantastic job i think i talked about it last time uh mm-hmm. but i didn't say what book it was it's the expanse the guy like it's that's the the guy the narrator who can have read like four characters right you know yep, exactly who each character is yep. um but now I, I got the book uh right after i think the next day after we we recorded uh i got the book uh dune from the library um so the uh the library that i use uh has uh an app i guess that you can borrow audiobooks on mm-hmm. and it's just like the regular library like they only have the rights to so many copies so you have to wait for the person before you to like return it before you can listen to a book so i just and most of the books that i want to listen to are popular so i have to wait and so I just kind of reserve a, or put a bunch on or whatever, request a bunch. And so then Dune got returned, I think, last or two Sundays ago. And so I've been listening to it for two weeks now. Uh, and that is interesting. Uh, it's definitely an older version. Like, it sounds like something probably made in the 80s. So maybe in the 90s. Um, and it's interesting because they have an ans- or a cast. I don't know what it's called uh i'm gonna say ensemble maybe that's what it's called but um there's definitely a cast but they didn't cast for every single like character so it's so if there's a chapter where there's like like a lot of extra characters or just like side people then the narrator will just read all the lines but then if it's a chapter where it's just like two or three people talking then there will be actors it's very confusing and I don't care for it. Um, but I actually, I don't mind the actors for the most part when, I guess it's those chapters, but in all honesty, I'd prefer the narrator the whole time. Um, but it, it, 
And the reason why I say it sounds like it's from the eighties is because it sounds like all of the actors are reading it in like, um, I don't know. Like it just, it sounds like they're by themselves and they, they're not hearing the other dialogue. Like there's like a second of silence basically in between everyone's talking. And so it sounds very disjointed and it's really awkward and weird. And then they also add in sound effects. So like if they're, there's often like wind added to the background, I guess. And like, I don't know, sci-fi noises. (laughs) Okay. It's just strange. And I, I, the funny thing is like, I usually listen to it in the car when I'm driving to work. Um, and my, when I listen to it in the car, I have this like radio thing. So it uses the antenna. And so it's really fuzzy because it's cheap. Um, and so I don't usually hear any of the background noises, but then I just, uh, got some Bluetooth headphones, uh, last week. And so I started wearing those. And so it's really clear now. And I was like, Oh, there's a lot of weird background noise. That's strange. But, uh, anyway, the book Dune, it's funny. I read it as a kid, uh, but I only got, I think, I don't what, well, what turns out to be about 15% of the way through the book. Cause that's where I was. I was at 15% when I was, when I re- re- got to the part where I remember last, uh, cause I read it up to the point where the main kid, like the main character, um, there's like an assassination attempt on him. Um, and then I, I got, I was just bored reading it. It's got a very boring beginning to that book. Um, and so, but yeah, re- listening to it, it's a lot nicer. It's quicker. Um, and it's really confusing. And so I'm just kind of gloss. Like, I think if I'm reading it, I would keep going back and reread a paragraph if it didn't make sense. But if I'm listening to it, I just keep going. And so it's like, whatever. I missed something. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because there's a lot of weird, just weird stuff going on. Um, and and it, I, I do like that about the book. Like, they just kind of like say things like you should know about this. So I'm not going to explain it. And I like that because then it's just like I'll figure it out over time because I hate just being like monologued to like just to, to explain all these things. Like, and so I appreciate that they're not doing that. But at the same time, it's just like there's so much of it in this book that it's just like, what even is that or what's going on? And or there's like prophecies and telling like uh, one of the characters can tell the future but the future is always changing so like what he sees isn't necessarily what's going to happen or he'll remember seeing like the events that are currently happening but it was different than what he remember than when he originally saw it it's just strange but it's uh it's definitely an interesting story um it's it's, it's just a very political like story because you're you've never read it right no yeah um but I don't think I realized, uh, I guess just, yeah, what the story even was. Uh, but it's just, um, I don't know it's, it's, it's interesting cause there's basically an emperor. Um, and then it's just a Duke and a Baron who are at war with each other. Um, and the emperor kind of is helping, um, the Baron to just to take out the Duke and his family. Um, and, and so, but the emperor doesn't want people to know he's doing that. So there's a lot of like espionage and stuff, I guess it's strange, but, um, 
I don't know. I'm enjoying it. It's a weird book, but I knew that going into it, I guess. Um, but the main reason why I wanted to read it was because I want to watch the movie. I don't know when that comes out or if it's out already, but no, it got delayed. It did. Okay. Um, and so that's funny. The toys have been at Target for like ever. Yeah. It's like yeah, the it got well. It was supposed to come out last year. Yeah. And so. Because I kept seeing the toys at the uh, yeah at Target, I feel like, and I was just like, what even? Who even are these characters? Um, and yeah, so now I know who the characters are, I guess. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about seeing the movie when it comes out, um, which I was before anyway. I've always been in, in, like very interested in this story, even though I'd known very little about it. Like everything I know about Dune is from playing the video game, uh, which really is just Command and Conquer. Um, but. I don't know. It's, it's just the the copy that I have, if there's not like a newer adaptation of the audiobook is very strange, but I, I don't know. I'd recommend it if you like sci-fi at all. Um, but other than that, I don't know. Nothing else new has really been ha- going on. I bought some new clamps so I can clamp more stuff when doing woodworking. So that's always good. Um, but I was, I guess that was my father's day president. I was, uh, at the woodsmith store and i saw that they had um because i always go over and look at the clamps and i'm always reminded that they're just ridiculously expensive like one 12 inch clamp like a good one is like what was it like 40 bucks for like a 12 inch clamp that's just ridiculous um but then i noticed that they had uh, this clamp that goes on to a two by four so then the two by four is the bar of the clamp. Um, and that was 20 bucks. And so I was just, which basically then just reminded me that bar clamps are a thing. So it's a clamp that goes onto a pipe, like a metal pipe. Mm-hmm. And so I just looked on Amazon and I found a four pack for, for $40, I think. And so that was like the cheapest clamps I've ever bought. <laughs> So yeah, ten bucks. Yeah, ten bucks per clamp, and they're eighteen inches long. So that's they're I guess the a medium length of clamp that I have now because I have two twelve end. This is yeah, sorry. This is great podcast fodder. Uh, so I have two like twelve inch clamps, and then four eighteen inch clamps, and then two thirty six inch clamps. So I have a range of clamps now, but not enough really. Yes, you know I, I very working? much have learned there's no such thing as not enough clamps. Yeah. Or, or there's no such thing as too many clamps. That's too many, yeah. Yeah. So th- the thing with these is since they're pipes, they're super heavy because they're just steel pipes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you, they're basically really good for like flat things. So like cutting boards, um, stuff like that, I guess. Or I guess if I'm going to be doing a box, but then the clamp needs to be down. And then I use my other lighter clamps for like the other clamping. Um, but no, I, I'm oddly excited about having some extra clamps. Um, but other than that, not a lot going on, I guess. Just trying to think. No, I don't know. Um, yeah. So we talked about what you've watched and have you been reading anything? Uh, sure. I, I I read Long Halloween last night after watching it. That's pretty oh. much why I put that in there. Um, just reading the comics that I normally read when they come out. That's about it. What are you reading right now? 
not a lot. Ninja Turtles, yeah. just, just Ninja Turtles and Transformers, and then Spider Man when it comes out. But I don't like the Spider Man story going on right now. What uh did Ninja Turtles reboot recently? No, they're on issue 118, I think. So is that the same story that's been going on since what the 80s? No, no, this is IDW's okay. uh, reboot that they did back in 2011, I think. Okay, I was gonna say it's been yeah. going on for like yeah, it's been going on for almost 10 years now. Okay, and I'm glad it's still going on. They changed writers, the current writers and creator of it, Kevin Eastman. He's still a story consultant on it, but um, hmm. it's uh, gosh, I can't, I don't know, I don't dislike the current stories, but <laughs> it's. It's a little too on the nose, in my opinion, with the writer of it. Hmm. Uh, uh, let me look it up. Uh, Turtlepedia, there it is. I, I don't want to. I don't really want to insult the writer by not knowing their name. Uh, <laughs> Sophie Campbell is the writer and does the art too, here and hmm. there. Um, first. IDW's first uh, transgender uh, writer and artist. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, she does. Uh, she she's done a lot of fan art and stuff like that, and then they brought mm-hmm. her on to do it. And honestly, I I, I don't want to sound mean or anything. I'm really not. It's a little too on the nose and personal, in my mm. opinion. Like, uh, before, like a year or two ago, they dropped a mutagen bomb in New York and like a big chunk of New York got turned into mutants and quarantined off and everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Kurt stories are very heavy with accepting who you are Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It's a little, uh, it's, it's a little forced. It just feels like with like modern, like topics. Gotcha. And I wondered that myself, and I've kind of been quiet because yeah, I don't want to offend anybody. And I even talk about this, sure. I don't mean to offend anybody. I, I think there's appropriate ways to handle certain subjects, and then there's other ways where it just feels forced very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, this feels that way a little bit here and there. But I do like the universe, and I like the characters a lot. I like the backstory with this universe, with the turtles and stuff like that. They're mm-hmm. not just turtles that are mutated are ninjas they're actually reincarnated brothers mm. feudal japan and splinter yeah. is their father reincarnated so i i like certain aspects of it um mm. the biggest thing is though with this mutant town they have mm-hmm. it's a lot of shipping and i'm shipping yeah like a lot of people hooking up gotcha to a point where I think everyone has a girlfriend or boyfriend in it. And mm. it just feels really weird. And it's it, it's become like a furry comic in some ways. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'm not even joking. Uh-huh. That makes and, sense, yes. Yeah. Because uh, it's just all mutants now. And it just kind of looks like furry comics. It just looks like a furry series. And I have a friend online that uh on a transformers board that i become good friends with and he told me he was getting into it and i warned him ahead of time i was like it's really good but i'm gonna tell you right now the past couple years it's like a furry comic so it's it's a little kind of weird and i mean some people have insulted it calling it uh ninja turtles the tumblr comic and stuff like that which (laughs) i won't go that extreme yeah okay (laughs) but 
I can't deny it's not there. It's it's not there. But yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm a Ninja Turtles fan. I don't collect turtles. Uh, I don't collect the shows or anything. But I do enjoy the comic a lot. It was launched in 2011 by the original creator of Ninja Turtles, Kevin Eastman. Mm-hmm. And he also even did layouts of art and stuff like that. And uh, he wrote, he created it with Tom Waltz, and they're still on it. They don't write mm. the scripts; they're just mm-hmm. writing the story. And they have okay. another writer coming in, mm. and she's done the art too. I don't think she's done art for a while now, mostly because I and the artwork is really really good. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I could totally understand to get burned out and be like, I can't do both. Yeah, I get that. But I, I like it. They introduced a new turtle into uh, the family and stuff like that. Hmm. Who, and, is it a, like a lady turtle? Yes, Jenica. Hmm. Uh, I feel like they've, they've done that before. Is it always the same? Or? No, that was Venus de Milo. Right. Yeah, from the live action show. When, uh, oh, man. Uh, I remember that. Yep. <laughs> yep. It wasn't. Uh, well, wasn't she like a, from a different country? Like, wasn't she Chinese? No, she was she was their long lost sibling. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was dumb. Yeah. But I know uh they they didn't use Venus. I'm not sure why, but so they created Jenica and okay. I'll send you a picture of Sophie's artwork. Yeah. I I Googled it, that's what I found or saw yeah. that. That's the good tur- art. The turtle with the yellow uh headband, that's Jenny. Oh cool. Uh, I like that they gave her the claws. Yeah, she was a member of the Foot Clan, and okay. uh, in the stories, uh, the Foot Clan and the Turtles eventually make peace and stuff, and they mm. are adopted into the Ninja Turtles for quite a while, and she was one of the assassins, and she had an accident, they had to give her mutagen, and they had to give her to, because mutagen in this, in this thing is like, it's like super soldier serum, I mean, no, that's mm-hmm. actually what it is, it's how it started out, they were creating super soldier serums. Okay. But if you mix it with animal DNA, it turns you into a mutant. And they had to give her that. It didn't work, so they gave her a blood transfusion with Leonardo, and she became a turtle. Ah, uh, okay. That's really good. Bebop mm-hmm. and Rocksteady are awesome in it. Yeah? They are monsters. Of course. Yeah, no, I mean, they are literally monsters. Like, they're dopes, mm-hmm. but... Um, they are just terrifying because they are um, unstoppable. Yeah. Like, uh, that's cool. Or, I mean, that makes sense that they should be unstoppable. Yeah. Like, uh, there, let me see. Uh, here's a good picture of them. I can show you. Oops. I got to open the chat again. So they're basically like juggernaut, I suppose, but like kind of. Mm-hmm. Who's the bird? Oh, that's Pete. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that's about all I can say. That's Pete. Okay. I, yeah, like, uh, uh, I, I like Rocksteady being so huge. Oh, yeah. He's a giant rhino. He yeah. definitely is. And Bebop's a warthog. But, yeah, yep. he's got his stupid Kanye glasses. Those uh, are fine glasses. But, yeah, they are straight up monsters. Like, in one of their mm-hmm. first stories they did, they fought an entire, like, Yakuza army. And mm-hmm. it ended with everyone dead and them on top and they're uh, standing up and they're just covered with like swords and spears just all covering their body, pierced in them. And they're just totally fine. Yeah. 
But yeah, those so, are their signature weapons. Rocksteady uses a sledgehammer, and Bebop uses a chainsaw. It's a huge, like that's just a really long sledgehammer handle. Yep. <laughs> with a normal sized sledgehammer head. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, are they just like thugs, like American? Yeah, they're essentially thugs? they're part of the Foot Clan, but they're dopes. Okay. Well, I mean, and I guess yeah, in the in the cartoon, from what I remember, they were just like street thugs, though. Like they're just normal, like American, like white guys, basically. Yeah. Uh, Bebop was black. Uh, Rocksteady was white. Okay. Yeah, they were but just they were a street gang that got recruited by the Foot Clan and turned okay. into friends. Gotcha. And yeah, it's a really great art, great stories. It, it deals with a lot of mysticism and things like that. But I, I actually really love the Ninja Turtle comic a lot. And while I'm not, I go back and forth on the current storylines because it's really weird. Like they just did a, I, I'll put it this way. The last story arc was a battle of the bands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that I mean, that goes back to the Ninja Turtles being a band, I guess. Like as like that. What even was that? Uh, that was a concert for kids, but yeah. the Ninja Turtles weren't in the band. It was Jenny's oh. band with a bunch of mutants. Oh, and, okay, okay. Yeah, so you know, but uh, it's really good. They've introduced a lot of characters like uh, mm. Shredder. Shredder's mm. all throughout it. He's really cool. He's he's from feudal Japan too. Uh, they've done Slash, the big tur- uh, turtle with the bl- wears black as his color. Mm. Uh, they've done uh, what else? Uh, uh, they did Krang. That's kind of terrifying say, stuff. I was gonna say it was Dimension X in it. Not but, Dimension. Yes, Dimension X kind of is, or it's just another planet uh, okay. with the uh, the Utrons. Mm-hmm. But uh, Krang's people are like conquerors, and yeah. There's a whole story about how they wanted to terraform Earth to be their new planet and stuff like that. Right. Okay. And Krang was like prince of this empire and stuff, but he was a radical and things like that. And mm-hmm. uh, they've done time travel. They've done mm-hmm. time travel like the uh, the third movie where, mm-hmm. yeah, the little scepter and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, yeah, it's 10 years of comics. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They've That's done cool. a lot. And I'm always worried when... It may end and things like that, but so far I I have been digging it. I I think I've been reading it since it started. Yeah, I had uh, I think before I went digital, I think I had like the first like fifty or sixty issues of the comic. Wow. Yeah, I I, I dug it from the get go because I I like turtles. Like I said, I don't collect mm-hmm. toys or anything like that, but I grew up a turtles kid, so yeah, I'm always into that stuff. It's pretty good. And what else? Uh, I've read a couple things back and forth. Like I said, I tried to read Dark Knight Metals a while back, and that was freaking terrible to read. Yeah. Uh, I tried. I read the Transformer comics that are coming out. They're good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I enjoy them. They're, you know, it depends on who you ask, but I like them. Uh, my favorite comic hasn't come back yet. It comes back next month, so I'll read that. It's the sequel to Chew called Chew. So. Right. Chew spelled differently. C H U. Yes. Yep. So other than that, have you read anything lately other than you know uh, audiobooks? Um, no. I started reading a book. I don't even remember what it's called. It's been a while since I even read it. So no, not really. Um, I I'm still getting. Oh, Undiscovered Country by Scott. Yeah, Scott Snyder and and um. Charles Soule. Uh, I haven't really read it. I'm just getting it. <laughs> and oh, okay. then I guess it's just going into a pile of things I need to read. 
Uh, and then Family Tree by Jeff Lemire just wrapped up like a month or two ago, I guess, now that I think about it, and I still need to finish reading. I read half that series. It's really good. Um, but yeah, no, I not really. I pictured Family Circus for some reason. For Family Tree. No, Family Tree, it's in, it's weird. And so the first half is about, there's this little girl, and at the very beginning of it, she has like this, like her skin is getting, like turning into like bark. Uh, so it just looks like a really weird rash. Um, but then like over the course of a couple of issues, or maybe even by the end of the first issue, she starts to grow like uh, a tree branch. And then by within a couple of issues, she's basically a full out turned into a tree, like a tree person. Um, and then I think five issues in maybe, or six or seven. I don't really remember. Um, by the end of that, you find out that her dad, uh, same thing happened to him and he died. Uh, and that they're on the run from this group of like radical people who want to kill her because of what she's, what she's becoming. And then she, in the last issue, I think she, or maybe the second to last issue that I read, um, she, as she, once she becomes like the full tree, she kind of goes into this like coma sort of, or she just falls asleep and she's inside of a tree, like in the, in this like dream state. And she can, she finds her dad and he's like walking her around, introducing her to like other people who apparently have turned into trees. And then in the last issue that I read, it goes way into the future and the whole world is just covered in like forest, like major cities are just taken over by forests and like everything is a forest now. And it's her older brother who is just kind of like really whiny and just making fun of her a lot. Uh, and he's like the main character now and he's like an adult and, and suggesting that he's fighting the, these tree people now. And I haven't read it since then. Um, okay. but it was, uh, I mean, so far I like I've liked it a lot. I like where it suggested it's going. Uh, I've heard good things from other people who've been reading it. So what's I mean, it called? A, uh, family tree. I can let you borrow them or something, but um, oh, I think it just wrapped up not too long ago. So I imagine the trade will be coming out soon. Um, because it, it's Jeff Lemire, who I think I feel like is usually his stories go over pretty well. Uh, he, he um, Netflix just picked up or just released a show based on one of his comics called Sweet Tooth. So that show is a Jeff Lemire story. Okay, it's based on a Jeff Lemire comic, I guess. Um, oh, did you talk about this last time? It's by Phil Hester. No, Phil Hester does the art. It's written by Jeff. Lemire. Oh, okay. It's written by Jeff Lemire. Phil Hester's on inks. Um, Eric Gabster. No, Phil Hester's on pencils. Eric Gabster on inks. And um, Ryan Cody on colors. Ryan Cody, I like his colors a lot. They're really, they're kind of like, they're uh, like earth, like earth tones, like browns and oranges and stuff. Um, but I like, I like, that's a really good group of like. The people. wood is all shaded. The people are all flat. Yeah. Very I like that style, honestly. Yeah, they're all Groots, basically. Uh, but yeah, I don't know the story after. I mean, after that, so I don't know what happened in the future. But it looks interesting. Okay. I, I need to read it. I have all the issues now. I think I got them all. So I just they came in the mail. I set them on a shelf and I forget about them. <laughs> I need to stop doing that. I think. Uh, uh, undiscovered country is coming to an end soon and so once that's done i have no more comics in my pull list and i probably won't be adding any more for a very long time 
Oh, wow. I got a suggestion for Saga. Saga has been on hiatus for three years. Oh, yeah. I, I have read the first volume of Saga. I liked it. Um, yeah, it's hard to recommend that book, though. I, yeah, because uh, what is it like the third volume? The first page is just a giant dong. Yeah, it, it's got a lot of <laughs> like it's got a lot of weird stuff. Some of these writers with their independent books, they get really weird and creepy. And it's like Saga's really good. Really? It's, yeah, it's just hard to recommend because it's it's something else like a weird spider lady. And then you're just like, oh, yeah, it's really good. Oh, shoot. I should have warned you about all the robot sex. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we bought it because uh, my wife, uh, she like she heard from one of her podcasts that she listens to that it's a good comic. Uh, like won from somebody who awards. doesn't read comics. What? It's won Eisner's and Harvey and yeah. awards every year since it but, was on hiatus. But one of like uh, so one of the podcasts that my wife listens to that like recommends books, they recommended Saga as a comic book to read. So she was like, okay, I'll get this because it's recommended to me by this person, because she wants, like, because I'm so into comics, she would like to be into them. And we've tried to get her to read comics. She just doesn't like it as a medium. I've accepted. Which is understandable. Um, but it was just funny when so she just like bought it, and I was just like, oh. <laughs> It's like, yeah, oh, just a warning. It was fine, but it's just funny. It's, it's and the way to say it is, is like, yeah, there's some stuff in there. It's graphic. It's it is. Graphic. Yeah, it's a good like story. I said, though. These writers, they get uh, they get they get kind of weird when they're given free reigns in their own independent books. Yeah, that's why you got to be. Oh, that reminds me. I have uh, I have like three comics coming to me uh, from Kickstarters. Um, cause one's from, uh, Matt kind and, oh, who's the other big name on that comic? I can't think right now. Oh, well, uh, but it's, um, I can't remember what it's called. It's like, uh, something about a, a detective in outer space. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about that one. Uh, and it's coming soon. I think they're on the lettering now. So the, the nice thing about having a Kickstarter like that is like they keep you updated as like how far the comic is going, but like you just can't get it by the issue. Like I'm so I'm just waiting for the whole volume to be done. Um, so hopefully that'll be coming pretty soon. And then I bought this quarantine tales from the quarantine comic uh, just mostly because um, I think Phil Hester had something in it. Um, but uh austin hamblin who he's from iowa we see him at cons all the time uh he had a story in there too and so it looked interesting it's got a bunch of big names on it which i was surprised just because austin was also in it but uh just because he's like he's he's just a guy from iowa who's trying to write make comics and he i like the comics that he makes but he's very indie at this point like he's he's actually i think skybound no not skybound the other one top cow uh i think he had a story in like one of those like up in you know those weird comics that you can submit stories to mm-hmm. uh those are like small time anthologies that they do i think austin got a story in one of those but um other than that like he's very like he just does kickstarters and is really indie and i was just getting it kind of i looked at it because i was trying to be a good friend and i was like oh, i'll get this if it looks interesting and then it had a ton of like pretty decent names on it like in the comic book industry so i went ahead and bought it so that should be coming soon too nice but it's always funny because I, I bought these comics like a year ago on kickstarter and it's just like wow this takes forever uh right <laughs> but i don't know i'm excited when they come 
Oh, well. But I don't know. We've been talking for quite a while. Yeah. Um, you have anything else? No, I'm a good. All right. Well, uh, to everyone else, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.